Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Ryan Ananian. Not a fan of offshore tires. You know, Thailand... Um, and all the other strange places tires seem to be coming from now. Uh, you know, I don't see great wear, great durability. It, you know, they are what they are. They're cheap tires. Let me hear you say, yeah, I want to get it jacked up. Yeah, let's crank it on up. Yeah, with a little bit of luck, I can find me a girl with a truck. Yeah, the car doctor. I didn't write any of this down, but I don't have to because I can just listen to your podcast here in a couple hours. Yep. And I'll write everything down there. Yep. And, you know, I should point out, that's the beauty of coming on air. You, you know, once once this broadcast radio show becomes a podcast, then it's a library. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Well, well, well. I want to talk about cooks and chefs. Um, It's just where I want to go. You know, I like cooking. I think cooking is a very important part of uh, life. I like to eat. And um, I think there's cooks in the world, and I think there's chefs in the world. And... I think that's the way it is with auto mechanics, too. I think there are some cooks out there. I think there are some chefs out there. I'm not really a chef when it comes to the kitchen. I kind of follow the recipe book, and, you know, it, it sort of behooves me to, you know, if it says a pinch of salt, I, I hate to put in more than a pinch. It just bothers me. It, it goes against the grain, so to speak, no pun intended. But when I'm in the shop, I think that's the time you have to throw the book away sometimes. There's places where you have to follow procedure. 
you know, you've got to go through steps one through 10 on a diagnosis and you can't skip the, you know, four and then seven and then nine and, and, and expect to complete it correctly or accurately or fairly or on time. But I think that there is a clear difference between mechanics that some are cooks and some are chefs. The chefs know what to do. The chefs know what sort of lettuce and tomatoes to put into the car to make it run right. The cooks don't care. The cooks are just doing what the boss told them to do, which, okay, I get it. They're the boss. They're just following what the boss says to keep their job because they haven't found a better one yet. But, you know, there's a time and a place. I see too many examples as time goes by of too many cooks in the in the business. We need more chefs. We need more guys that can think on their feet or girls that can think on their feet and, you know, be proactive and approach it as a problem. Problem solve outside the box. I just think it's too important. You know, we're, we're dealing with something that's just too important and too big a piece of our life. I think about the times people bring me cars that, you know, they've been in another shop and it, it's, it's clearly got a problem with it. And you can see that they did something wrong. They followed procedure. They didn't, they didn't really care how the meal came out. They were just, you know, put the axle in. It doesn't matter. Put the axle in and ship it. Get rid of it. Get it out the door. And that's the fault. You know, when you walk into a repair shop, if you're, in a, if, if you're really approaching it correctly, you, you realize you're paying not just for the labor of the mechanic to do the job, but you're paying for that mechanic's expertise. You're paying for them knowing what lettuce and tomatoes to put in the car. And you're, you're not going to question it because it's important. And it happens. Listen, it happens to us. We've had people, I had, I've had people in the last month question why I'm using a certain brand of part and why aren't I using, in this case it was, why aren't I using a dealer part? Well, the dealer part was the same part I was using. It was just by the actual manufacturer. And I have a better better warranty from the actual manufacturer than I do from the dealer part. So why wouldn't I buy you the better warranty? Because that's what you're, you know, that's what you're paying me for. You're paying me because I know what lettuce and tomatoes to put in the salad. See, in the shop, I think I'm a chef. In the kitchen, eh, I'm just cooking. So, and there's a huge difference between that. So when you're picking a mechanic or you're talking to your mechanic, you got to start asking yourself, what kind of a cook or a chef is this person? Do I trust them? You know, I've actually had people tell me, well, you know, I'm not sure if I trust you, but I'll give you a try. Gee, thanks for the honor. I'm so thrilled. Um, you know, I realize trust is earned, not expected and not just given, but people sure have a funny way of approaching it and showing it sometimes. So just cooks and chefs. I just, you know, you're paying for their expertise. Do you really understand that? I just wanted you to think about that as we move forward today. Let's get over to Dan in Connecticut as we kick open the garage doors this hour. 19 Jeep Compass and a battery going dead. Dan, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. It's my daughter's uh, car. Okay. Uh, we jumped it a couple times, uh, took the jump. Um, I was wondering if, if that's a job I can do myself. You know, it's got the two batteries. Um, start, stop, one, two. Right. Which which batter, which battery is actually going going dead, Dan? The well, I jumped the primary. Okay, and it took it took the jump. Um, no, I, I don't know if I have to put a memory saver or something in that, or if I should pay somebody to do that. Well, uh, well, hold on. I'm I'm a little confused. Is it that you want to replace the battery, or you want to diagnose the problem? Yeah, 
Well, good question. I was going to try to replace the battery. Well, but how do you know? Else, right? You know, how do you know the battery's bad? Yeah. Well, I know. Right. I didn't check that. I didn't right? check that. You know, this is a nineteen. It's it's three going on four years old, depending upon when she bought it. And it, listen, it could be a bad battery, but that's likely an AGM battery, an absolute glass mat, and they tend to last. You know, four going on five years, five years typically, maybe a little longer. Um, you know, they they're they're a better breed of battery. So you know, before we just start randomly replacing it, do this if you want a little knowledge, a little education. Go out to autobatteries.com. Autobatteries.com is a great website talking about batteries and how they're made, how they're constructed, how to test them, how to replace them. There's a battery replacement guide there. So if you're thinking of replacing the battery in this car before you even go down to your local auto parts store, all right, you, you know, let's okay. let's let's start there and get some knowledge. Knowledge is always a good thing, right? We like knowledge. You always win with knowledge. Yep. You know, it's unemotional. So get out to autobatteries.com. That's number one. Number two, you know, does this have a drain? You know, is 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 she the original owner on the vehicle? Are you or you know is he, is it the original owner to the in the family? Uh, no, somebody had it. Yeah, she got okay. it. Okay. And how, 20000 on it. Something. So she's had it a while, though, correct? Yeah. All right. So, you know, the, the question becomes then, uh, you know, is there a drain on it? Is something being left on? And, you know, I wouldn't take her word for it. Listen, if you brought it to the shop, I wouldn't take your word for it either. I'd go through the car. And it's a, it's a simple enough test. We're going to put a digital volt ohm meter on it. What do you do for a living, Dan, before I go off on this? Oh, cable assembly. Okay, so you got you, you got some technical skills, right? Yeah. Do you, do you use do you use meters, digital volt ohm meter? Do you ever you ever come across them, um, in your in no, your work? No, I have one. Okay, I have one here though. Can you measure mil? Can you measure amperage and milliamp draw? I'm not sure how to do that, but. If, if your meter has milliamps, well, listen, you can, you know, again, you might see it at autobatteries.com, but you can also get out to, I'm sure there's more than a few YouTube videos. I should probably write that down and maybe do it, maybe do a, I think I do have a, on my YouTube channel, I might have a milliamp draw. I should add that to the library. I'll write that down. So research Kathy, if you're listening, Kathy will remind me. I want to do a video on milliamp draw. See, that's why I have research Kathy. She's the, she's the real guts of the show. Um, um, you want to do a milliamp draw, all right? And what you're going to do is, you know, think about a water hose, right? You got a garden hose on the side of your house? Yep. All right. Is the water off right now? Yeah. On the back side of that water faucet, is there water pressure? It should be there, yeah. Yeah, of course there is, right? Whatever city water pressure is. All right, if city water pressure is 50 pounds, there's 50 pounds of water pressure there. In a car, at a battery... If there's nothing on, does the battery have voltage? Sure does. I, I didn't check it, you know. But, well, the battery has voltage, right? If the battery's good, let's talk about a good car. If a battery is good, it's got voltage. Just like you always have water pressure, you always have battery voltage. If you took your meter and put it across a battery, it should read 12 and a half volts. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Water I, I actually did check that. When, yeah, well, it's 12. Right. And so it was like 14 when it ran. All right, right. So it shows the charging system's working. My point is water pressure and battery voltage. Water pressure and voltage are the same thing in the sense in, in what we're trying to explain here. Pressure is always there. Voltage is always there. All right? The time, if you open that water faucet 
and you allow a gallon of water out an hour, okay, that's flow, right? You're you're depleting the amount of water that are in the pipes in the system, correct? Mm-hmm. If if you turn the headlights on out of the battery, you don't flow voltage, you flow current, you flow volume, you flow volume of electricity, just like that water hose flows volume of water. You with me? Yes. So you want to measure amperage draw, amperage and current, right? But you want to measure it at a very small level. You want to see if your meter will read in milliamps, and you want to do a setup. Okay, you're going to disconnect the negative battery cable, put your meter in milliamp mode, all right? Take the keys mm-hmm. take the keys out of the car, close the doors. I usually leave a window open, a uh, driver's window open. Close the doors. Put the meter, you're going to put the meter in series with the negative battery cable. All right, so one cable is going to go of your digital voltmeter is going to go to the negative battery post. The other one is going to go to the negative battery cable. The meter is now between the cable and the battery. You with me? Mm-hmm. So if, for example, you turned on the parking lights, and I would only turn on the parking lights and nothing more because you could blow the fuse in the meter and then you get to buy a fuse, which is always a thrill, all right, just to see if you have a good connection. But I would wait because you're going to see a milliamp reading. You want to make sure you're connected to milliamps and you're on the milliamp scale. You're going to see a milliamp reading, and it's going to start high. It's probably going to start 1,500 milliamps, 2,000 milliamps, and then you're going to see it come down. What you're watching is you're watching the draw of all the computers and modules that are still awake as they bleed down the current, as the water runs out of the hose, right? You're looking Mm -hmm. at the volume of electricity as it flows through the meter out to the vehicle. Over time, up to 45 minutes, in some cases an hour and a half, that meter, if the vehicle is okay, will eventually drop to under 50 milliamps. 50 milliamps is the accepted industry tolerance on that particular vehicle as okay. And you'll okay. you'll 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 see it. If you don't if, if you want to try it, try it on a car, try it on a known good car. All right, a car that doesn't have a draw. I always like to do things on known good before I try it on known on suspected bad. Okay? Okay. If that yep. if that meter stays over 50 milliamps, over an hour and a half, two hours, you've got to draw somewhere. Now, a couple of things. If your digital volt meter is like most of them, it's going to fall asleep after 20 minutes. Kind of makes doing the test difficult, right? Mm-hmm. You have to put the meter in min-max hold. Min-max hold mode. All right? And it will record, okay. it'll record the highs and the lows, and it won't turn off. Last thing, and then okay. I, last thing, and then I got to go. Close, yep. close the hood. Make sure you you know run the wires out from under the hood. Position the cable so it doesn't touch anything. Run the wires out under the hood, the meter out under the hood. Close the hood because if the hood has a button for an alarm system or a hooded jar switch, that'll be a continuous draw and the meter will never go to under 50 milliamps. All right? Okay. If it passes, okay. The, if it passes the 50 milliamp draw test, then get the battery load tested after it's been charged and you're probably going to find that you've got a bad battery. But that's how you do a draw test. Okay, thank you. All right, kiddo, good luck to you. Let me know if yep. you need more. I'll be here for you. You're welcome. Be well. I'm Ron Annie in the car, Doctor. I'll be back right after this. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez and I'm Joseph Carrillo and we're the host of Becoming an Icon season two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Little GTO, you really look at Three deuces and a four speed. Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, let's go get a cheesesteak in Philadelphia and talk to our buddy Brian. Brian, welcome back to the car, Dr. Sir. What's going on today? Hey, Ron. How you doing? Good. What's cooking? Got a question. This is actually on behalf of my father. My father, he's um, he drives Hyundai Sonatas usually every couple of years gets a new one he puts like twenty five thousand miles a year on it so when he usually hits around 100 he gets another one now the last two i think they were um, a 17 and a 13 um used oil which i heard is pretty common among hyundai sonatas yep uh, uh, my question is this he actually now has an elantra um a 2023 elantra he hasn't had the problem when a car uses oil if it's not burning oil or leaking oil where is it going well, it's, it's actually burning it. If it's not leaking it, it's burning it. You just won't see it because when the oil leaves the engine, what does it have to pass through to get out the exhaust pipe? Cat- exhaust. Oh, we got... Catalytic uh, converter. Yeah. Right? So... But usually it turns 
there's no blue smoke. There's though. no blue smoke because the catalytic converter oxidizes it down. But what you ah, are, what, okay. what you are doing is you are coating the catalytic converter with 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 that oily material that gets baked on in the form of carbon, and you're lowering the efficiency level of the cat. So let's let's back up. Hyundai's have had a problem at least the last ten years with oil consumption and oil oil burning issues. All right. Um, you can start to read some of the bulletins. You can't swing a bolt. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a bulletin that talks about Hyundai's burning oil. Um, <laughs> you, you know, right. um, one of the more recent ones I was reading recently was a 21EM003H, uh, March of 21, that talks about the procedure where they want you to pour a cleaning fluid down inside the cylinders and allow it to soak overnight, and then remove the fluid, start the car, and blah blah blah. And it's a whole long, you know. 30 pages long, whatever it is, uh, talking about carbon issues and sticking oil rings. Now, first of all, a little commentary, because I'm allowed to have an opinion. I'm still an American citizen, as far as I can tell. Um, I can't understand why we let cars that do this run on the roads, because they're sort of defeating the purpose of what we're trying to clean up the air and the environment. It kind of boggles my mind. So, in a way, we've put everybody into the market of let's buy cheap cars that don't really work well, but we'll continue to drive them because there's nothing else to drive. It's sort of a, I don't understand. I, I really don't. I, I think, you know, if a car is being proved as an oil burner, it should be pulled from the road, it should be corrected, and then allowed to drive and operate. It would sort of make the standards or the, you know, the level of how we have to pay for it easier, if you know what I'm saying. But Yeah, but uh, also it passes, you know, Pennsylvania has enhanced emissions. Sure. It always passes. Right, because you, the consumer, in a shorter period of time, depending on how long you hang on to it, will have to buy a catalytic converter for it because eventually that's what you end up ruining. And that's, yeah, he never did. He yeah. actually uh, he got rid of it before it happened, right? Well, he gets when he hits two hundred thousand, but you have to put on the new plugs and stuff. Usually, he either puts it on, you know, keeps it for another twenty five thousand. This time, he wanted a uh, a launcher. He's eighty seven. He's very active. He will, he wanted a little bit smaller. The Elantra, I know, is a different engine, and so far this this has been um, okay. an entire entirely yeah. different ball game. Yep. Uh, as far uh, as not using oil. Yeah, Hyundai's in the last 10 years have just had engine problems, it seems, across the board. And they blame it on everything from the way the engine was assembled back in the day, connecting rod bearings to piston ring issues sticking in the piston grooves. Uh, or, you know, it's just, it's incredible. I, I don't understand how the company's still afloat, to tell you the truth, Brian, because i got to think trying to make all these engine repairs has got right. to have really put a strain on their resources, so... Um, but that's the picture. That's what's going on there with Hyundai. Um, I often think of the acronym, and it makes me laugh. Hope you understand nothing's drivable and inexpensive, um, what Hyundai stands for. So, as always, brother, I appreciate the call, and good luck. I hope your dad enjoys his car. I'm Ron Annie in the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Cristina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You know, we've been talking about technology uh, this weekend here on The Car Doctor and how much technology have we thrown away. And good old research. Kathy comes up with an article, Nine Old Tools Nobody Uses Anymore, which, you know, it kind of fits right in. So we're going to talk about this. Let's see. How many of these do you still have or use? I bet you Tom's got a couple of these. Um, A spark plug gap tool. Yeah, I got to admit, I've got more than a few spark plug gappers. I mean, you know, as simple as they are. But, you know, it's, it's, you don't use them because all the plugs today come pre gap. Tom, you ever, you yeah, gap spark plugs I, anymore? I, I use it on my lawnmower. Do you? Well, okay, a yeah. lawnmower, I could see it. But, you know, you can because it's probably a copper tipped spark plug, you know, nothing fancy. A modern car it, is, it's, yeah, it's, a, not, it, it's, it's nothing fancy and it never comes out of the box gapped right. Right. Um, but a modern car, it's iridium or platinum. And it's always got a fine drop of precious metal at one end or the other, or the electrode, the center electrode is a real fine point. And you really can't gap them using conventional gapping tools. You have to be ever so careful. So I, you know, you keep it. I mean, it takes up no space, but when was the last time you used it? A dwell meter. A dwell meter was the thing. It was the electronic measurement when you didn't have the book of matches to set the point gap on a distributor car. You used a dwell meter. A dwell meter was the electronic measurement of that until you got into, boy, here I am talking about it, until you got into 1981 when General Motors came out with computer computer command control carburetors with mixture dwell solenoids, and you went to the green connector under the hood, and you hooked your dwell meter up there, and you measured duty cycle or mixture dwell and adjusted your uh, top of your carburetor. So 
How many of you have dwell meters? If you're driving an older car, you absolutely need it. Um, I often think of, you know, we start to talk about, and then it, it, it goes on and it talks about distributor wrenches. I have a draw of distributor wrenches that, I, you know, I can't tell you. I've got every distributor wrench snap-on tools ever sold. And, I mean, there's probably $1,000 worth of distributor wrenches. You just don't use them anymore. What do you do with them? Uh, you know, do you throw them out? Do you cut them up? Do you? I mean, a couple of them have been cannibalized. We've gotten into weird situations on certain cars. We use, we actually use distributor wrenches in the shop for that weird place. We've got a ten millimeter, and we need to come at it with a right angle that we can't get at it with a crow's foot or another wrench. And we don't want to cut up the, you know, the 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 fifty dollars snap on wrench, or we don't have time to run to the store and buy the cheapy. So we'll take a distributor wrench and slice it and cut it and weld it and make it into the wrench the way we want. We'll make a wrench and. That's what distributor wrenches are good for. But, uh, you know, un- unless you own the car that it fits, you're never going to use them anymore. Um, you know, you toss it. You just you just don't want to keep it. It doesn't matter. OBD2 diagnostics. We know what OBD2 is, right? OBD2 is the computer interface used on vehicles starting in model year 1996, some early 95 or late 95. But, you know, that was the interface. That's where the connector under the dash was universal. It was in one location. Think about how long ago it was 1996. It's coming up on, it's it's 27 years. It's coming up on 30 years that OBD2 has been out there. So do you still have your scan tool for pre-OBD2? Your monitor 4000, your snap-on brick, or whatever else you were using at the time or are going to use? And do you keep that? Do you want that? Do you need it? Uh, you know, technology, we're just throwing it away. Pre-OBD2 diagnostic scan tools. I, uh, I I just don't see it, you know. And then, it, then the list goes on. It talks about large engine analyzers. Boy, I could, I could stop and talk about this for 20 minutes. Back in the day, and I'm talking to all my shop owners out there and all my technicians that have been doing this for a long time. Remember the remember there was the Sun engine analyzer that was the big thing if you walked into a repair shop in the late 70s and the early 80s there was that big engine analyzer that sat in the corner and had a scope in the middle and had all the meters attached to it sometimes it was on an overhead boom an overhead crane that that you know floated around the shop and at the time in 1979 1980 that engine analyzer was 50 grand which was a boatload of money, right? 50 grand in 1980. That was a boatload of money. And it seemed like a lot of shops had them. And within 10 years, they were gone. They were junk. You didn't, you didn't need them anymore. 19, 1987 general motors came out with distributorless ignition. They started selling adapters for these scopes and scan and, and types of scanning devices. And by the early '90s, all these things were over. It was it was it was just obsolete technology, and we just junked them all. The article talks about how many of them are still out there, and they're not. I actually did a search. You can buy a Sun engine analyzer on eBay right now. If I'm reading it right, there's one up there listed, thirty bucks. Um, you just have to go pick it up. It's in it's in Tacoma, Washington, I think it was. Um, which would kind of be neat to have kicking around the garage just as a conversation piece to look at it and go, wow. And the thing still lights up. It still works. But, you know, it's it's not even $100 now. I think the guy just wants to get rid of you. His wife's yelling at him. Um, but, you know, it's technology has just 
absorbed so much. Allen SEA, remember Allen SEA, smart engine analyzers? They were stacked. In New Jersey, we had a emissions machine for state inspection, the black machine with the silver trim and the and the fancy Allen blue, red, yellow letters across the top. And then there was there was the Allen EPA emissions analyzer, and then there was the Allen SEA engine analyzer. And there were these two big, long vertical boxes about, oh, 30 to 36 inches long, and, oh, they were easily 14 to 18 inches tall and big rectangular boxes. Again, big money, Allen SEAs. That company's gone, out of business. They existed for the better part of, oh, I don't know, 20 years, and then it was over. It was like they had this short shelf life. Distributor machines is another one in this article about tools that nobody seems to have anymore. I used to have a distributor machine. To tell you the truth, I wish I still had my distributor machine. I wish I could find another one. Because every once in a while, you get an older car that you want to do a curve on to look at timing and make some modifications and trim the weights and other things. And nobody has a distributor machine anymore. The automobile industry has to be one of the most expensive in terms of what you have to invest to repair the car for that moment. Now, in the past, in the 80s, you could buy that $50,000 analyzer and reasonable updates and care and, and, and caution. That tool was good for 10 to 12 years. That tool lasted a while, but that was it. At the end of the 12 years, you were done. It just, because the technology just made it obsolete. Now, I think we're seeing tooling go obsolete in three years. There's certain things that are so expensive to buy, and then it's over. Um, a lot of shops right now, for example, are hesitant to pull the trigger on buying ADOS, the automated driver assist systems, calibration kits. And a lot of them just don't see the need for it right now. And then there's talk on the horizon that the car is going to be self-calibrating. A lot of the domestics already are self-calibrating, but they're talking about making self-calibration across the board. Uh, you know, you'll approach a stop sign or you'll, or you'll approach a toll booth, something that's at a fixed calibration height, and the vehicle's cameras will adjust to that fixed object on the side of the road, and that will be the calibration point. That's what the car of tomorrow is going to have. So the guys that are investing the $35,000 today have to get their money out of it in a, in a, in a five- or six-year time span at best, maybe three or four. Um Auto repair is a tough business. There's a lot of there's a lot of expense. There's a lot of short term life on tooling, and you find yourself going, "Oh, time to buy something else." So just uh, just how many of those tools do you have? I have to go find my spark plug gappers. I think I've got I've got a champion spark plug spark plug gapper, which is uh, real old. So anyway, eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron Andy, the car doctor. I'm coming back right after this. Don't go away. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Ronnie the Car Doctor. I think I want to talk to Tom first. Tom, did you have a comment about uh, spark plug gappers? Yeah, I got one for you. Go ahead. I got. I have a unique use for it. In a in an AM broadcast transmitter, you use them to set the spark gap for lightning protection in the uh, final amplifier. Well, there you go. At least we know they'll have a use for now in, in perpetuity. So uh, Tom's probably now everybody can send their spark plug gappers to Tom. We'll give out his address at the end of the show. In the meantime, let's get over to Ted in Virginia. Ted, 08 Toyota Camry. What's going on here, kiddo? Hi, thanks for taking my call. You're I have welcome. a uh, 2008 Toyota Camry. Actually, my daughter has it at college. And about every six weeks, she's kind of plotted out on her uh, on her calendar. About every six weeks, it fails to start. Um, it happened once when uh, she was at home, so I witnessed this. And it seems to turn over, but it just doesn't, doesn't start. And then she has to wait approximately 10 minutes, she's realized. If she waits any sooner than that, uh, five, six, seven minutes, it won't start. But if she waits a full 10 minutes, it then starts. Okay. The, ten, uh, the, the, and, and, the, the 10 minutes is the, is the, is the clue. Does she see uh, does she see a theft light flashing on the dashboard or any kind of a warning light flashing on the dashboard when she goes to start it? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I saw one either when I witnessed it happen okay. one time. Okay, I would be willing to bet that vehicle is going into some sort of some sort of theft event. Something's timing out. Computer modules right. computer modules are very accurate. All right. I mean, listen. I could take you through the conversation of is it spark? Is it fuel? All the usual right. things, uh, you know. But if it's if it's exactly ten minutes, if it's nine minutes and thirty seconds, and and it doesn't start, and she has to wait another ten minutes, something's on a timer, and that is generally a an anti theft device at that point. Of course, this is a four cylinder. I believe this yeah. four cylinder has a mass airflow sensor with a rubber intake duct. Just for giggles, I would you know do my basics, my due diligence of tell me what's good, I'll tell you what's bad. Uh, you know, good clean battery terminals is the air intake duct 
intact. It's not cracked. It's not flexing and allowing a burp of air at the wrong moment. Because I have seen that where it won't set a fault code. It won't. It won't. Uh, you know, give you any indication other than maybe a fuel trim skew. But you know, every once in a while, it goes into a crank no start condition. But I'd be willing to bet, barring looking over the basics, because you always cover the basics, right? Anytime you do a diagnosis, I'd be right. I did take it into the dealer, and the, yeah, the dealer couldn't find anything it was working at that time. Yeah, so. they they couldn't. But that ten minutes, if that ten minutes mm-hmm. is an accurate number, I would yes. I would verify that the vehicle has factory um, anti uh, anti theft on it, which it probably does. You know, uh, look in the owner's manual, get an explanation of what all the dashboard icons mean, and see if there's an okay. anti-theft light. And if there is, understand how it's supposed to work when it's normal, and then it likely changes color when it goes into a theft moment. Because, you know, as a guess, again, you know, we're kind of working in the dark here until we see it happen. Is this a case of, you know, when it doesn't start, everybody's kind of focused on, gee, it doesn't start, and are we really paying attention to all the dashboard lights that are coming right. on or off at the dashboard. Because I'm assuming it's got normal dash lights. It just cranks like it's out of fuel. Yes, that's right. correct. You know, I mean, listen, it could also be a, okay. you know, an intermittent bad fuel pump, an intermittent relay somewhere along the way. Toyotas have a great track record. I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, we've got to consider that too. But the first thing that comes to mind is that 10 minutes. Really? Why is it always 10 minutes? What does that 10 minutes mean? Did you, <laughs> men- did you mention that to the dealer when you brought it in? Um, I think I did to the, uh, intake person. I don't know if that information got to the mechanic right. himself, you know, himself, be, right? be, because yeah. that would, that would trigger it in my mind yeah. that 10 minutes so is, that, is a module time. Would, would that out. mean that the, it's falsely being activated? Uh, the could be device? sure. Could be, could be depending mm-hmm. upon the theft system, if the chips in the key or if there's a problem with the, uh, the way the key is being read, uh, it could be that right. trying a different key eliminates the problem. Which key is she on? Okay. She's probably got more than one key, correct? Yes, yeah. And I think with being a 2008, and it doesn't have a, it's just a straight key. There's no electronics in the key or anything right. like that. So then that means the immobilizer has to be in the lock cylinder if it's so equipped. Again, just a theory. Is this an anti-theft yeah, yeah. event? Uh, yeah, but, you know, that's, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, you know, but but when I see, when I hear 10 minutes... Ten minutes. That's boy. That's that's you know. That's that's usually we've got a module that's timing out and changing state. So that's great. Yeah. Well, that's something to go on. So yeah, I'll look at that. Yeah, that sounds great. So okay. That makes sense from everything else that we've heard. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help. You're very welcome. You let me know what happens. Take good care. Bye bye, Ted. You. You're very welcome, sir. Yes, sir. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, 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 I guess it's my turn again. Email just in from Bill. Hey, Ron, thanks for sharing your wealth of expertise. I took delivery of a 2022 Chevy Spark LS in December, which I waited almost six months for. You know, cars are starting to come back, though. They're starting to uh, get inventory, so which is kind of hopeful anyway. Um, of course, then you see all the other things we're running out of in this country. You wonder what the heck's going on. Wanted to protect the new headlight lenses from UV damage. I searched and searched for an effective product, but nothing emerges definitive. In your experience, is there anything you recommend, or do I just wait until they fog up, then buff and coat them? Uh, I'll tell you what, Bill. Uh, you know, I don't know how it stands up against UV rays. I use regular car wax. Well, not regular car wax. I use Meguiar's. Uh, you know, Meguiar's makes a bunch of different waxes. I really like Meguiar's number 26. Puts a nice polish and finish on everything. You can find it online at Meguiar's.com. Uh, you know, I also like any of their cleaner waxes for cleaning up the headlight first, but I wax my headlights. And I've been doing it for forever, and I've got to tell you, the 20, 2004 Suburban, I finally had to, and not that I had to, but I finally put new headlamps in it from GM two years ago, and the old ones were what at the time, uh, 17 years old, and I did it just because they were still available and I could buy them, and I bought real ones from GM, and um, you know I figured in another 17 years, I'll worry about it then, but you know I wax those headlights every day from the day they were... Uh, um, from the day that vehicle was new and it worked really well, but Meguiar's wax, any good heavy quality wax that stays on there seems to, to me seems to work. Aside from that, Bill continues, I'm pretty crazy about this car. Five-speed manual trans, manual windows, manual mirrors, manual locks. It's like 1975 again. It handles great corners flat, and you can drive it like a rally car if you want or keep the revs low to conserve gas. For fifteen grand. what more could you ask for? Anyway, keep up the great work. Yeah, what could you ask for? You know, a simple car. Imagine that. And, you know, you get your use out of it, fifteen grand. If you get five years out of it, Bill, that's $3,000 a year. Do a bunch of oil changes down the road. 
you know, how much more could you ask for? How much simpler could you make it? And, uh, you know, it just, uh, it just kind of really makes you really realize that, uh, you know, things are what they are and working like they should. So, um, you know, just, uh, just really good stuff. And, uh, in any event, uh, looks like we're coming to the end. Aren't we coming to the end, Tom? I can't tell. Can you, I, uh, I can see by the clock that we're coming to the end and, uh, we've lost, uh, yes, we are from BBC radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.